Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome into Missing the Point. It's Check My Oil. We're back after a week off because nothing happened in the world of uh, the UFC at the very least, which is um, if we're being, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit, guys, the thing we're going to talk about because it's the most popular promotion and we want people to tune in. So you're probably not going to get a ton of fucking PFL coverage here on CMO, but uh, as far as my BFFs go, I have Ben uh, the Streak, as we decided was his most common nickname, Peak. Coming in hot, um, Huggy Bear, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, to to tell us all about the um, more technical side of, of mixed martial arts, what it's like to actually get punched in the face. Um, and I, of course, with the usual crew, we have uh, Mr. Matt Wilcox, who's here to talk about fighting, uh, who's here to say something like Justin Gaethje sucks at wrestling uh, that fucking may, lights the Internet afire, aflame. Um, even though that guy does not wrestle in MMA, so I don't really know why everyone was so mad. Yeah, I, but, prefer, uh, I, I prefer resident casual. Resident casual Matt Wilcox here. Um, you know, I it's it's apparently it's bad in MMA to be a casual, but good in like the gap when you're in the gap or J Crew. Nice casual look. Regardless, uh, not a ton has happened since we last convened to talk about the aftermath of um some pay-per-views, some other sort of uh, work out the balance and humors of the world of the UFC have, have sort of uh, occurred since then. Um, Holly Holm won a fight and went on a very strange uh, uh, rant about sexualizing children. Uh, don't sexualize kids. What do you mean by that specifically, Holly? Can you point to an example? Just don't. Okay. Well, I guess everybody can get behind that. Uh, it's just kind of weird that you brought it up. <laughs> Moving on to... Uh, to this card, though, I, I think it's another banger, guys. Like, I, I think the last pay-per-view, like I've been sort of alluding to, I think that they've, the, the UFC as an organization, uh, we're not going to sit here and talk about their merger with the WWE because I honestly have not made heads nor tails of it. Um, I, I do find it funny that Vince McMahon is sort of the um, the the vaudevillian, uh, over-the-top version villain of, of Dana White already. Like, he was sort of the pre-Dana White and... Uh, uh, has done some despicable shit in his life, much like our, our friend Dana, Lex Luthor looking motherfucker that he is. Um, we're here to talk about the next pay-per-view, um, which uh, I, I think almost needs no introduction. It's it's the rematch. It's the re-re-re-rematch of Alex Pereira and uh, Israel Adesanya, um, if we're all being very... Uh, I looked up all the pronunciations of all the names today on the card, so I'm not going to waste any of them. Um, but here's the thing. 
Izzy kind of made a, we're going to start from the bottom of the prelims, but I just want to uh, mention something to everybody right off the top. Izzy kind of made a weird, another weird gaffe uh, in, in his, in his pre-fight press conference this week where he said, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he said, uh, this is my Eminem moment. Cause you know, that eight mile, you only get one shot and I'm down Oh, and three. And I'm like, well, I mean, you, you, you contradicted yourself a, a, a smidgen <laughs> right there. Um, but you know, I, 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 I know I'm certified and I worked all those years to get my body language doctorate. Um, but I do try not to apply it too much because it's like it's almost cheating. It's on. It's almost unfair, guys. But I haven't loved Izzy's uh, body language this week. And I, and I, that is going to be a theme of us uh, talking about that, not to bury the lead here. But um, we we have a ton of fights to get through before we get there. But, yeah, that is the main event. It's a great main event um, that I think both guys have a good chance to win. So I'm excited to talk about it. But. Let's scale ourselves all the way back to the very bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, you get to a top of a mountain, you become a, a Bellator champ or a PFL champ, just like in regular life, you're, you end up at the bottom of another mountain. So here at the bottom of the pre-prelims, our very first fight is going to be Jacqueline Amarim versus Sam Hughes. Uh, it's, I'll be honest, again, to draw the curtain back, when you're doing um, research on fighters like the Amarims and the and the Hughes of the world, there isn't a ton to get into. So we are going to sort of blow through the, the prelims here kind of quickly. Um, I like Amarim. I don't think the Vegas odds makers are getting anything wrong here. She's a minus 245 favorite. Um, I think she's going to come out and take this chick down. Uh, and I think she's going to win with her, with her top game because Sam Hughes, from everything I've learned about her, watching her other fights, reading reports on, on scouts and on, on what they have to say about her, uh, she's got no takedown defense whatsoever. So am, am I off base here, Matt? I'll start with my usual question. Is there any value in the underdog bet of plus 195 with Sam Hughes today? No, not with Amarim on the other end. She's uh, she's going to submit her quick. Um, she's a two-time champion in the LFA. Uh, both came by submission. I, I, this is an easy start, and it's a good way to start your card. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd throw it on a I don't love betting um, method of victory because I just fucked myself trying to bet method of victory last week. Like, I really got killed. Trying to be like, he's going to knock him out in the first round. It's like, there's a reason why you get really good odds on that, guys. I, yeah. I'm not going to recommend those to you because yeah. I just think it becomes a little bit of a, a mess when you're trying to predict how a fight's going to end, especially an MMA fight where there's 50 different fucking ways it could happen. So I do agree with you that she probably submit her in the first round. But uh, I mean, damn, man, like, don't 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 go down that rabbit hole. Don't don't go down the fallacy of throwing good money after bad money, because I was betting I was betting first round submissions and third round decisions and all this different shit last week and i got murdered i, got yeah, I don't know about killed. you i always end up doing that when i've lost the easy bets earlier in the yeah. night i'm trying to make it back you're baby. chasing those odds baby i'm you're sitting there with my those odds. i've got my car title and i'm putting it all on black so let's go you ever see hardball you ever see that movie yep. keanu reeves the worst yeah. part about that movie is i buy keanu reeves as a little league coach trying to get like these, you know, just underfunded areas, kids to like believe in something and not re uh, resort to gang violence or whatever the theme of that movie was, is the start where he's a degenerate gambler. I just don't buy it. I just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't come right through to me at the very beginning. Cause he's like, what are the odds on the Knicks? Like, Oh, I, they're going to beat the spread. They're going to beat the spread. I'm like, I just don't believe it. I, I just, it, he's not neurotic enough to be throwing, throwing that kind of money after, after already bad money. So Ben, what do you got right. in this one? I, I feel like, you're not going to try to talk me to Sam Hughes, are you? I feel like this is a little bit of a, just a, a little, a little, a nice uh, uh, glazed donut to start the, the, the meals. You know, you got to, got to 
have something sweet before you even get into anything. Have dessert first. You know, it's going to be an easy one and we'll just get it right out of the way. We all know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, I'm with you on this. Sam Hughes is pretty underwhelming uh, as a performer in the UFC. Seven and five. Yeah, yeah, nearly betting 500. And uh, <laughs> um, Jacqueline coming in is uh, a relative unknown, but coming out of a great team, American top team, very accomplished. A lot of great coaches over there, a lot of great fighters. Um, coming in 6-0 and uh, with a pretty clear advantage on the ground, um, I expect. So, you know, always keep in mind there, there there's the potential for uh, jitters. You know, UFC jitters coming in on, into a fight. You're finally under the big Anything lights. can happen. Yeah, and Sam's has been there before. That being said, she's been there before and she hasn't performed. I, I, I expect uh, her to lose this one. All right. Well, unfortunately, there isn't a ton of drama here. I think uh, I think I can safely say that that Sam Hughes is going to get submitted in the first round. I think that this is probably just a little bit of like, a, let's see if this girl can get a little bit better and a little bit better after that type deal for the matchmakers. So we'll see. Um, I might also miss this fight. A lot of times I can't get my shit together to watch the early prelims this early. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll circle back around. Might be fight of the night <laughs> after that round dismissal of these two hardworking athletes that we just uh, that we just decided <laughs> to do. Um I know I I know I said I looked up all the pronunciations, but I really it's really tough. This shit. Say it. Oh God. Dalon Nerdin BK versus Steve Garcia. Now I may have butchered that, and I'm very sorry, uh, especially since he's probably going to win. Um, I think he's probably going to win by decision because I don't see either of these guys having like a ton of finishing power in this particular stylistic matchup. Um, I think uh, without kind of spoiling any sort of theme for the coming of the uh, remainder of the card there is there is a pickum nature to a lot of bigger um uh, odds disparities on this card and i i feel like nerd and bk being a minus 210 against steve garcia is a little lopsided is, am i crazy there maddie is that is that too, is that I I feel like this is a closer fight than that. There is actually for the first time. I know it's only the second fight we're talking about for the first time. Some value in a plus one sixty seven bet. I like yeah. when I see odds like that too. By the way, because it means someone has been betting heavily on a line that they said of like say it was plus it was probably a plus one seventy five, and you start to see it squeak down because of just the algorithm of the action going onto it. So it's like mm, maybe people know something I don't. So I like when I see odds like that, but. I still th I think the smart money is probably on the favorite like it always is, but I think there might be some value here. What do you think? No, I think there's definitely value in the underdog. And, you know, for these guys, Garcia, if you just look at his last couple of fights, they've all been knockouts, whether he's knocking somebody out or somebody Kill else. Chase Hooper. Merck's Chase Hooper, which is exactly. something. Exactly. So the only thing that I'd, I'd say in fights like this is I'm super nervous about the judges. Um, UFC hasn't been to Miami in, what, 20 years. So just with how San Antonio went, I, I, I'm just expecting chaos. So any fight that I think is going to go the distance, I'm going to be super nervous about and cautious of. But having said that, I definitely am going with Garcia on this one. You're going with Garcia by decision. Going with Garcia by decision. Okay. I think that's a decent bet, to be honest with you. It's, it's kind of hard not to want to take the money line on this one um, just because of just the built-in value on... On, on the fact that neither of these guys are the are, are guarantees, right? I mean, I, I do think, yeah, you're right. There is some finishing power to on offer on both sides. But I guess 
I'm not saying that featherweights can't consistently knock people out. It's just that like when I see 145, I'm so much more hesitant to bet knockouts. Like right. unless I really know that the guy is like the finished article and I've seen him do it like regularly set up, like set actually set up knockout punches and like put them away because it's tough to just like touch guys at 145 and put them down. You know, it doesn't exactly. happen a shitload. It does happen. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying they're 125ers, you know, where they can just beat the shit out of each other for three rounds and like everyone's probably going to be conscious by the end of it. Hey, I'm not saying 145 knockouts don't happen. They do. Of course, there's very famous ones, but it I'm a little it's the first division where it's really going to start to happen. So it's not like heavyweight where you're like, this isn't going to fucking decision unless both guys get real tired. Right. Right. When, when you have a lower competition level at heavyweight, you're like, someone's going to still knock somebody out is kind of my point. Right. Plus, I think you just hit the nail on the head with getting gassed. Garcia is the only person here between these two that's been on a main card. Uh, I think it was the Teixeira uh, UFC that he was in. So this is going to be a very chaotic start. These guys are going to go out there high. Garcia's going to throw some haymakers. Exactly. Right? I think they're going to gas each other and go the distance. That's just how I see this one going. Ben, am I crazy to say that it's 145 pound knockouts are, are not something that I want to bet on? Maybe consistently or do you think like you can knock somebody out if you're fighting a 145 is that a thing yeah yeah i mean look at connor um sure i'm not saying they haven't happened i'm just saying like when you're when you have a lower level of competition i feel like they become much less likely when you have a lower level of competition at heavyweight i feel like they become almost more likely if that makes sense because it's like steve garcia coming out here and throwing haymakers it's like i don't know you could you might be able to take one or two <laughs> you know, and like and power through it. But it's like if you get hit by a haymaker by any of the top 10 heavyweights, even if you're that size, too, it's like, ugh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm crazy. It's just lately I'm like ah, 145. I mean, look, you get knocked out at 135. You get knocked out at 125. It's I'm not saying it, it can't happen. I'm just saying, I don't know that with guys at this level, I just it, if they can kind of cancel each other out. You know, I, I just don't see a knockout happening. I would bet a decision is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, All right. So. I I'm with. Sorry. I'm gonna Matt take Chase. Nerd and BK by decision. Matt'll take Matt'll take Garcia by decision. I feel like if Garcia is gonna win, he's gonna win by knockout. To be honest with you, but I guess that kind of contradicts everything I just said. All right, I'll take him out right. <laughs> um, yeah, again, the fucking method of victory bets. It's just like yeesh. Um, okay, Ignacio Bamondes versus Trey Ogden. Um, not a ton of value here for me in an underdog bet. I, f- I feel like Ogden doesn't have a ton to offer here. I, I, he came through the looking for a fight, uh, route, not the contender series, not the ultimate fighter, not another promotion. Um, the looking for a fight route. Uh, and in his debut, he dropped a split decision to Jordan Levitt. Um, he did upset Daniel Zaluber, um, who, and he was supposed to lose that fight. I'm told. Um, but, it's two weeks notice. He might be able to, he might, maybe, maybe he like, I just, no, I, I, I don't think there's a ton of value in an underdog bet here. What do you, what are what are you making of this? Nope. I'm with you. I think Bob Mondays is, is, uh, he's hot. He's young. Uh, he's been fighting really, really well. I think he's going to dominate him. I, I agree with you. I think Arden's just a, you know, one of those human punching bags. He just agrees. He's going to get in there and he's going to take some shots of the team. Yeah. Like I would think like a knockout, around the second round we're gonna bet every one of these by finish huh we're gonna every single one of them (laughs) i don't like betting method of victory and now (laughs) this (laughs) um 
I would bet him. I would bet him to get knocked out in the second round, though, because it, it like you said, he's going to accumulate damage, and I yeah. think he's going to accumulate damage very quickly. I, I, I'm not saying uh, Ignacio is like the you know the second coming at 155 here, but I do think that he, like you said, he is younger. He he does have the potential. He has as a potentially huge upside. He is getting better, um, and you know he can finish. Like he he front kicked fucking Edson Gomez and finished him, and I think that's dope as fuck. So yeah. I'm not you know I I'm not. I would hate to bet uh, Ogden in any way, shape, or form here because you're betting on him to survive, right? Like, if you're in any sort of situation where your money is on Ogden, uh, you're basically saying, I hope he doesn't get finished within three rounds, which a lot of times it will influence my gambling to be like, I don't want to sit through that. I don't want to sit through 15 (laughs) minutes of praying that this guy wants to fucking isn't going to get murked. You know what I mean? (laughs) Then, like, he might. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go, I'm with you. If there isn't, the problem is I, there's not a ton of value at minus 350 for Ignacio no. here. So you're, you're going to have to bet method of victory. Don't bet victory and round. Don't be like me. Don't make that stupid mistake. And, uh, I'm probably going to bet him second round knockout. Anyway. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to, I'm going to bet him, uh, within two and a half, two rounds and a half. Oh, that's, like, that's... but you, are you not a little smarter than to go? I mean, tell me your strategy on this because are you not just a little smarter than to, to just cover your bets and say fight won't make it past two and a half rounds because then if some freak occurrence happens and your guy gets fucking clipped, then you're covered, right? Like, yeah, you're I, probably I, right. I, I do like to extend when I do stuff like that. I do like to extend out uh, the 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 sort of parameters in which I might actually win in order to. But you still don't lose a ton of odds on that, right. you know. Like you're well, still, yeah, you're not going to get numbers. right. Exactly. And what do you think about this one, Ben? With you guys on this one, I think Ignacio is probably going to take it. Uh, seems like the more complete fighter um, has the reach advantage. Um, coming in off some wins, uh, Trey Ogden has uh, the nickname the Ghost Samurai or Samurai Ghost, some shit like that. I could do with less of that. Uh, so hoping- <laughs> you really? That's cool. That's cool as <laughs> fuck. No, no, I, I, but you really gotta, you really gotta come with, with you, when you have a name like that, Ghost Samurai or whatever it was, you gotta really come in there and just ice guys. You can't be middling, <laughs> get barely beating somebody. Uh, th- th- that's not for me. Plus, he's, he's bald with a beard. Uh, how, many, how many more of these fucking guys do we need? So, uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm gonna take this. You know what? I didn't realize he was bald with a beard. I, 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 I didn't need to do, do any fucking more real research than that. <laughs> That'll do it for me. Um, yeah, all right, yeah, cool. That's all, that's all you need. I'm going to kind of glaze over this Cynthia Calvillo, Lupita Godinez fight. Um, Are you? Calvillo, I, Cal- I got... What? Go ahead. You, you're you going to bet Calvillo on this one, dude? She's all over the floor. Yeah. Come on. Really? Yeah. You're betting on her like five years ago. Bounce back season, baby. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's big odds. Um, uh, Godinez is eight and three. She was, she started off five and zero. Oh. She her three fights that she's lost are, are UFC fights, so at least they're to UFC level competition. Yep. She is a little shorter, so there's that. Um, and I don't think that there's a, what my point that I was going to make about this one was that I don't think there's a lot of smart money on Godinez anyway. Like even though she's the favorite, I I don't think Calvillo is going to win. But I but Godinez is the kind of fighter that like she has the worst game plan ever. Every time she comes into a fight, it's like oh look, she might be she's probably a better wrestler than angela hill so let's box angela hill oh she's probably a better boxer than i uh, jessica penn or, or you know or, or luana carolina but like let's fucking you know let's fucking wrestle them and those are those are when you get those losses so yeah. she's not super smart to put, yeah it's not smart to put money on her at all but i also don't think cynthia calvillo is 
is smart money either. This is a stay away from me all day. But I mean, talk me into Calvillo winning. I'm 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 open to bet Calvillo heavy. I think you hit the nail on the head. Godinez is kind of an idiot. I think she's gonna get in there and get wrestled for three rounds and just get held on the ground and go back to her corner every time going, I'm I'm not sure what's happening here. She won't stand up and fight me. I think Calvillo's gonna drag her down and take an easy win here. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I just think Kavia's looked really bad lately. And and I just think uh, yeah, that, like this this whole fight screams stay away. Screams well, stay away. Tomato cans either. She she lost some big fights. I guess. All right, I'll take it. All I'm right, not betting on this fight though. This is a huge fucking stay away. Um <laughs> Chase Sherman and Carl Williams. God, Chase Sherman sucks. He's yeah, so he bad. He's so bad. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't I don't understand how he's still hanging on for dear life. Because I guess it's because because of the 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 two hundred and fifty pounds that he weighs, you can put him in against guys on a regular basis to like do X, Y, or Z. But this is a huge, uh, hugely obvious result um, that's coming down the pipe here. He can't stuff takedowns. Carl Williams is really good at taking people down. He's really athletic. Um, he it's in, his entire game plan is is taking guys down and do doing some shit. Chase Sherman's won one fight since 2017. Um, he's lost, yeah, he's lost five of six. When he wins, he knocks guys out. I can't see him knocking out Carl Williams. I just, I don't see that materializing. So, uh, you know, this to me is the exact perfect anchor to a parlay bet. You, you, you know, you put this one in to be like, Carl Williams is definitely going to win this fight. So if you need some other odds help across some other bets, I would pop this one on a parlay. Um, Chris Barnett was supposed to fight in this fight. And a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, the, the short the short notice on on uh, for Carl Williams, like might play a, a part. It won't. Uh, he's way better than Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman sucks. Don't ever bet on Chase Sherman. Even if he wins this weekend. Still don't because something crazy has happened. Like I, I a bolt of lightning struck Carl Williams or something. I, I'm never going to bet on Chase Sherman ever. Uh, he's a, he's on my actual like you've lost money on this motherfucker. Stop doing it. Uh, shit list. So no, I trust my past self at least uh, to learn from my mistakes. Um, any can you find any value here other than putting it on a parlay mat or what, what do you think? No, no, not at all. Williams is going to start him. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I wouldn't want to put any. Sure. I wouldn't want to put a method of victory on it either. If I if I was going to my head, I would probably say decision. But no, I'm not going to pick it like that. I'm just I'm taking Williams outright. I think he's yeah. going to look good doing it too. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be good. Um, ben, any Chase Sherman opinions to 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 clash against my? He sucks. <laughs> no, dude, put me in there against Chase Sherman this weekend. I'll be <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Terrible to watch. The Vanilla Gorilla is going to take an L here. Um, and I, talking I about bad problem. nicknames, you're giving the poor fucking oh. ghost ship samurai a fucking <laughs> some shit. <laughs> fucking the Vanilla yeah. Gorilla. I mean, I understand that it rhymes, but like the, the the insinuation being that gorillas are not normally vanilla is a little <laughs> problematic <laughs> to start with. And he he's just not. He's not ugh, the Vanilla Gorilla. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. 
I think he, we should start calling him Ask How, Ask Now, Ask Chase Sherman Williams, because he's going to be working at the fucking paint store after the after he gets fucking demolished. I like that I, one. That was pretty good. Thank yeah, you very much. Good. Thank you. I, really, good. I try. I try. I do work in advertising. You know, I try to I try to slide it in there when I can to support the yeah. business. All right, we're moving on to Jared Murchard and Joe Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, not Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Um. I love Jared Mur- Mur- Murshot in this uh, in this fight. To be honest, he, I, 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 those odds are screaming at me. It's a, it's exactly what he does. He he takes guys that are on the rise at exactly at this level, and he gets an opportunistic win over them. I don't think he's like the greatest fighter in the world, but it, he's one of those guys that if he if you give him a way to beat you, if you give him even a little bit of a way to beat you, he will. Um, I think he's got great jujitsu. Uh, I, I think he's super, super experienced. So like whatever Pfeiffer comes in with, which we'll go on to in a minute, I think I know what he's going to bring to the table. Um, I think he'll be able to weather. I think that Pfeiffer is heavily favored in the first round. I think his boxing is clean. I think it's super technical. I think he'll be able to, uh, he's, he's a guy that puts multiple punches together, which, is honestly frustratingly non-existent in a lot of boxers, quote unquote, in the UFC. Guys that are boxers are they really just mean like are hard punchers. You don't see them put two threes together, you know, three fours. You don't see them mix in kicks. You don't you don't see them do uh what you're supposed to do to be a good technical boxer, set traps. Um, I think this is all stuff Joe Pfeiffer does. I I, I do think that he has um I do think he has really crisp boxing. However, I think he's a little bit of a one-trick pony. I think that if Mershot can sort of weather that storm, like I said, and just make it an MMA fight, which I think his experience and his camp, I also really like his camp and the guys that that he, yeah, he trains with down there that could really emulate a Joe Pfeiffer, um, can, think, can think about that and put a really good game plan together to actually make that happen. He's got the knockout hype coming in, uh, you know, based on who, but based based on who he's knocked out, I, he's never fought a guy at this level um, with this many fights under his belt. To me, it's like you know the old Mike Tyson stories of like going to amateur boxing rings, and it's like a gross, like back of a bar with like a, a thing, and you're uh, like a, a ring in the middle of it, and the promoters are lying about the fact that their guys have like three hundred fights, <laughs> like three hundred amateur fights where they've just like pasted three hundred guys. But they have it. It is that amount of 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 reps and at bats that make them able to finally take the jump up to professional. Mershot, as much as like, yeah, I mean, it does. It's not great reading to look at his thirty five and fifteen uh, record. Losing fifteen fights isn't wonderful. But like, you know, we'll come on to talk about records when we talk about fucking horror, the co-main event, <laughs> Nore Masvidal. Um, Mershart is a journeyman. He is. Uh, he is a guy that. Is going to gatekeep at this level, but I think he can do it successfully. Successfully against Piper, if you if the odds meant nothing, and you asked me who I thought was going to win the fight, I'd probably say Piper. But ah, such a tempting little like plus plus one seventy five bet on Mershaw. What do you think, value? Value, absolute value. I think you're right. Mershaw has found this little niche as like a gatekeeper for people trying to make the next step up in talent, and he just has been very successful in doing it. And I just think Piper is going to run into a whole host of uh, you know, experience issues and just this amazing wrestling game and jujitsu game. Um, yeah, I'm going near shot all the way. Yeah. You got any opinions on, on these guys, Ben? I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like Pfeiffer might be your, more your kind of fighter, but Mershart, there's some value in, in betting on this underdog, right? Yeah. I, I, I think, I think it'd be a good idea to take it. Uh, Mershart is a, is a tough 
gamer, been around the been around for a long time. Hard uh, to bet real, against those guys. What do you say? Hard to bet against those guys. Yeah, real real well-rounded Rufus Sport guy. Rufus Sport is known for putting out very well-rounded fighters. Uh, mm-hmm. They're uh, they're good off their back. They're talented on the feet. Um, I think Joe has obviously has the uh, advantage on the feet here. And uh, um, coming in coming in South versus Orthodox, there, there's the obvious straight right down the pipe and uh he throws more than one punch which is important when you're going to be fighting somebody of the uh of the opposite stance you've got to put them together uh, yeah he does he does he has kind of a i think he definitely has a wider array of of shots that he can employ here which i think will my my exact prediction is that that exact thing that you bring up Ben will help him survive the first round more shot and i think if he gets out of round one his odds of winning the fight uh accelerate astronomically i'm not again i'm not endorsing any kind of method of victory bet but if you insist on betting a method of victory bet for Mershot, i would say make sure it's it lands somewhere in the second round or the third round or late or a decision or something along those lines i don't think he's winning in the first round i think he has to survive the first round quite frankly yep Yep. um okay great uh so the karate hottie's fighting she's Mm -hmm. um 37 now and uh i i mean i think it's pretty evident that her run at any sort of um uh championship world title uh event is is over um can i make the point though that like was her run even really anything like no. uh, you know the, the 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 i think she's fun to watch i think she's got a cool like uh, you know bubbly and fun personality i think she's good for the sport in that sense i think that she is a pretty fighter in the sense that like her moves are pretty like her kicks are nice um she's she's fun to watch because her output is really really high and like all those jackson wink motherfuckers like they really all come in with great cardio um they 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 all have a a great um base of being able to operate on a really high uh cardio volume a really high striking volume a really high wrestling volume she can do all that stuff and do it for for three to five rounds no problem we've seen it I just don't think she's ever really possessed any kind of special knockout power for her size. And and she's also come up against people that uh, are some of the better um, women's MMA fighters that we've ever seen. So you can sort of see the levels against a lot of the people that she's fought. I think I've seen her have heart. I've seen her dig deep, but I've always sort of seen her come up short. And that being said, I don't know if Pinheiro's even close to the level of the people that that Michelle Watterson's fought. So it does give you pause a little bit when you see a little bit of a plus 150 bet for Michelle Watterson Gomez. It does give you pause to say, mm, you know, okay, she's 10 and one or whatever, but like those, it's, it's 10 tomato cans that she's squashed. And I don't really know like what she's bringing to the table here. That being said, I, it's a stay away from me for that reason. I think I can see both sides on how, how one person might win and I just don't, I, I would not feel confident putting a ton of money on this. Um, what I will say is, based on the power that both of these uh, ladies have and based on what their their sort of track record is on how they win fights, a decision. It's it's gonna it's going to the judges. Um, so I I might even bet the fight will go all three rounds. That's that's a good bet, I think, on this one. You probably wouldn't get very good odds on it, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's a bit of a stay away from me. Matt, are you confident in any sort of bet here? I'm I'm confident in Pinero. I just think, unlike Mearshot, I think that this could be like the end. You of You have Water a little Street. bit of a habit of really liking to bet on fighters that are falling down, back down the mountain, though. So <laughs> like, and it's because you possess more Schadenfreude than any human being I've ever met in my life. So I, I I am somewhat wary of you looking at somebody's demise and wanting to profit on that because you are pure evil. So 
Well, it's like, nah, are you saying this with some, any sort of, you know, real like technical sense of what's going to happen? Or do you just like to watch people suffer? <laughs> I don't well, know. Listen, I don't listen. know. There's I feel like there's two types of fights that we watch when you have a more seasoned elder, elderly, older fighter elderly. coming <laughs> coming up against a younger talent. You get the, the step up in talent against the gatekeeper, which I think that's more like a mere shot versus Pfeiffer. And then you get these fights like um like Frankie Edgar's last fight, where it was just watch him go down and watch a kid take the step up. And I think that's what we're looking at here with Watterson. She's coming off a nasty injury, too, isn't she? She didn't she break her forearm? Yeah, yeah. I think it was she was diagnosed with pregnancy a couple of times. And I think that that <laughs> can probably really slow you down athletically. Um <laughs> And yeah, again, she's, I mean, I'm sorry, but she is, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but it, the fact, the biological fact of being 37 is, and having, I think, two children at this point is, it, it's going to make you probably not as good at fist fighting. I, you know, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I know being a mom is hard, um, but being a fucking cage fighter is harder. So like, you know, I just think, uh, I just think maybe, I think stylistically there is, a, a, um, if, if we're really looking for some sort of value in the in the underdog bet for Watterson, stylistically there is something to be said for how she can like stay at angles, stay at range, win a points fight, and it all becomes a little bit too much for Pinheiro. Um, but, and the reason I would even see value in that is because I don't see Pinheiro like really giving me anything to make me, like based on a resume to make me think, Oh yeah, like she's she's definitely going to be able to do this, or she's definitely going to be able to do that. I I just haven't seen enough. So, um, Ben, have you ever been a, a karate hottie fan, or or is she has she not really been someone you you? I mean, she's a pure striker, right? You you have to like that. Like she's very. Uh, she, I mean, and I don't mean pure in the in the sense that that's the only thing she can do. I mean, like she's very she's a black like, belt. She's a purist in striking. I should say. I guess is the better way to put it. But I and I feel like you like fighters like that. Yeah, uh, normally I'm a fan. Have never really been a huge fan of uh, Michelle Watterson. Uh, she uh, she never really had the stuff to put it together. And, and to your point, she's getting older. She's falling down the mountain. Um, uh, Pinheiro is coming from a great camp. Nova Unyao put together some of uh, the best champions the world's ever seen in uh, in BJ Penn and uh, Jose Aldo. Um, uh, great judo background. Uh, can probably keep the fight where she wants it here, um, which I would imagine will probably be on the ground uh, with, with that uh, strong judo top pressure. Um, she needs to be able to get her down to win. That's you know, I don't I don't think that I don't think Pinera is winning on the feet. No, I, I'm with you there, but I think she has the tools to do it, and I think she's the up and coming up and comer here. She uh, was Broadway. like very highly ranked as a judo artist, right? Like she, I think yeah. she was like very very good at judo. Yeah, and man, so, once you have uh, felt what it's like to get to, to have one of those guys grab grab onto you, or women here, I apologize, um, <laughs> supporting all, um, it, it's it's really different. They 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 can uh, they can take you off your feet uh, before you even know what's happening. So uh, I'm really excited to see this one. Yeah, it's all, and it's you know, as I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know a thing or two about martial arts, but it is also probably not. it's all trips and throws and and. You know, it's it's obviously she, you're not going to see her shooting for single legs as like a judo player, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna see her uh, or or double legs. Um, you're gonna see her trying for hip tosses, maybe trying to get her against the fence and trip her. You know, maybe pulling her down, um, throwing off her her body weight. And I think that, I mean, I haven't seen. I don't think Michelle Waterson's a bad grappler. I just don't think I've ever seen. You know, you see her fuck up Paige Van Zant, and you're like, you're not. You know, Michelle did fuck up Paige Van Zant, but you're not exactly like. 
run into the fucking ballot box to vote for is the best fighter of all time. If you fuck up Paige Van Zandt, she's a fucking OnlyFans star at this point. So I just, I don't, you know, Matt knows. So I just, I don't, I don't know what, uh, yeah, I, all right, fine. I, I could see putting Pinero on a parlay, but it might fuck your parlay up. I'm not super confident in, in the fact that she could do it, but you've kind of talked me into it. You know, side note, I think Larson's actually a black belt in jujitsu as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. but that means different things, right? Like, it, there's quality of black belt, right? Like, where did you get that black belt? Yeah, exactly. where who gave you your black belt? Because it's just not something I would really readily know her for. I have seen her submit people. I have. I just don't know if she's gonna. Do. But that's another another reason why I'm just I'm staying away from this one. I think. I don't the know other thing I will say for this whole card is that all of the Brazilian fighters are super pumped to be fighting on Pereira's card. So watch out. They're all super pumped. In Miami, hmm. yeah. you could get some. You could get some support in uh, in Miami there too. Could could make it feel like a hometown crowd. Um, yeah, that's something. That's really something. Um, Gastelum versus Chris Curtis. I'm excited to talk about this one because both these guys annoy the fuck out of me. Um, I find Chris Curtis incredibly obnoxious. Like yeah. I, I just like everything that comes. I don't know why. Like he, it, not the stuff he says isn't like very offensive or like way off base. It's just like. He just talks a lot and he talks a lot of shit. I really didn't like when he, uh, he, I forget who it was that he came out to fight. Was it Hermanson? Yeah, it was Hermanson. He came out to fight Hermanson and just did nothing. Just did nothing. Like just Hermanson was just moving side to side and was like, got to catch me, got to catch me. And Chris Curtis just couldn't. So I had money on him that night and it really fucking annoyed me that, uh, that he, he couldn't put it together. I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. Um, that being said, I think Kelvin Gastelum's run of knocking out Michael Bisbing, and by the way, I hold him responsible for the fact that he ended Michael Bisbing's career, and I have to fucking listen to that guy speak a lot yeah. now. Um, so thanks a lot, Kelvin. Um, all the way up to fighting, you know, one of the greatest uh, stylistic matchups and there therefore fights I've ever seen, which is him versus uh, Israel Adesanya. Um, that was one of the best fights I've ever seen, honestly. And I, and it was obviously a style makes styles make fights situation because I don't think Gaslam's on Adesanya's level as a striker, but because he has that sort of squat, uh, you know, fear the takedown it's in there sort of got to sucker you into fight in the pocket type of, of style. I think it made for a great fight. Um, if you haven't seen that one, if you're new to the, to the landscape of listening to the OC, go back and watch it. It was fucking unbelievable. Um, that being said, I, I just, I don't think he's that good. Uh, I, I don't have a ton of faith in either of these guys, um, but it, I my gut my gut is telling me Chris Curtis. I I, I like the idea of <clears throat> Gaslam not being smart enough to realize that there's a tape of exactly how to beat Chris Curtis, and there's definitely nothing he's done to improve it, and not taking advantage of that. So, and I don't think he's gonna wrestle either. So, um, and I, I'm not even sure it would help him if he did. So, and the Action Man is also a stupid nickname, but <laughs> I think. They'll stay in the pocket. I think that'll favor Curtis and Curtis will win. What do you think, Matt? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, you know what? It's such a pick'em for me. 
Um, I'm really just hoping for a lot of blood in this fight. I'm gonna ro- I'm gonna ride with you for the sole reason that if Curtis loses, I'll blame you for it. So <laughs> I'm I'm right in your pocket on this one. Let's go, Curtis. I hate right. him. He's so annoying. Fair enough. Ben, what do you think of these two? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm I actually a fan of Gaston. I like watching him fight purely for that uh, Adesanya fight. Man, dude, he is tough. He gets in there, and he is such a fan of the uh, semi-uppercut, kind of the half-jab, half-uppercut um, corkscrew punch, and um, I, and I love seeing that get employed uh, when, when you see fighters. Chris Curtis, um, he... Uh, he, he I think he may have the tools to get it done here because Kevin is now starting to get on the older side. He's been in the UFC for a while, uh, quite the fall from grace from fighting for titles and now uh, to, to where he is. Um, that being said, I'd love to see him win. I'd love to uh, see him employ that toughness and, the, and that good boxing to, uh, to put him away here. But um, uh, I, I think that's, that, that's going to be harder um, than, you know, than, than I'm giving it credit for. Chris Curtis is a tough gamer, so. Yeah, we'll I think I think that the conclusion we all seem to be coming to is that it is a pretty even uh, fight on paper coming in, and I think that because of their styles, and be, uh, mostly because of Kevin Gaslam's style, this could be a really fun fight. It, it could uh, it could be like a lot of fun to watch. So I might stay away from this one betting just just because I think I might get a lot of entertainment value out of it. But I also have a few stayaways already on this card, so I might I'll probably end up betting on it because like you know it's fucking boring if I don't. Um, but, uh, speaking of betting, Kevin Holland will never see another dollar of mine in his mm. favor ever again after that fucking performance against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. What is with this line? It's pretty crazy. I think there's a ton of Ponzinibbio value here. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's wildly consistent. It's wildly inconsistent, at, much like many MMA betting lines. But also, Holland's always getting the nod. He's always getting the nod, and he's going in there and getting fucked up. People were saying, "Oh, well, he had you know three, but his coach said uh, he has three. He had three broken bones, and they were displaced in his right hand from the first round against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, which you could tell that he was he was obviously fighting with an injured hand. However, that was on December third, right? So if he had that serious of hand surgery on December third, like four months ago." I mean, maybe, maybe it could be good enough to say, like, all right, I've thrown it in practice, but like that thing might break again. Like, it just might. I, I don't. I'm not a fucking doctor. I, I mean, I am a body language, but not of hand surgery. So I don't. I just. I'm not. If he really did break his hand, I don't know why he would lie about it. I. I. It did look fucked up in the fight. Oh, I remember yeah. very clearly. And I mean, Wonderboy laid that whooping on him too. Like he really, by the end, was like, I'm getting this fucking guy out of there, and he was just really beating that ass. So to me, I think I've seen Holland's level. I think I really wanted him to be a lot better because of his athleticism and uh, some really cool, like, you know, he knocked a guy out from his back, which was really cool to watch. Um, I think that it gets a little bit in his head when the lights are a little brighter. I think he was really good at the apex during COVID. Um, and I think the the brighter lights in the crowd, I think it does fuck with him a little bit as much as he seems like the kind of guy that should be good under the lights. He like kind of isn't. Um, he was a lot of fun in the apex when he was mouthing off and you could hear everything he was saying because there was nobody in there. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. I, you know, he got such a bad ass whooping by Chmaev and that's his division, you know, right around about what's he going to do? Where's he going to go from here? But as far as this individual fight goes, I like Santiago Ponza debut. I've always kind of liked him. Um, I, I don't think he's as durable as he used to be. I don't think he's as probably as quick as he used to be. Um, 
Holland probably is the better fighter on paper, and he probably is. There probably is a reason he's the favorite here, but I just think there's value because I think Kevin Holland can fuck up a day for himself. I think he can do that. So, again, it's value-based. It's not, I don't think he's going to win. Kevin Holland should win, but I don't know if it's he should minus 250 win. Do you know what I mean? I would definitely stay away from that bet. What do you think, man? I think Ponzinibbio is going to win. I think Ponzinibbio is a dog. He's older. I get it. And, you know, there's a huge reach advantage, but... Pontanibio is going to be able to get inside if Holland's cardio isn't where it should be, if he's not moving properly, which are things he's screwed up in the past. And what what does your four-month camp look like if you have three displaced fractures in your hand? You weren't throwing that. Who are you, Arturo Gotti? I'm not I – I just don't see it. Not yeah. to mention the fact a couple hours ago he got into a, uh, uh, an altercation or a scuffle with Masvidal outside of an elevator. So. I heard Normally, people end up with concussions after that, so we'll see what happens. Oh, because well, I mean, he probably none of you saw him coming. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I I do think that like uh, Ponzinibbio fought Jeff Neal, very similar kind of rangy kickboxer, uh, bringing that to the table, struggled mightily for for the first couple of rounds, and I think Kevin Holland doesn't hit a lot harder, so. I'd be a little nervous to bet on Ponzinibbio as confidently as you are. I do think the line is a little a little stretched. I do agree with you on that. I think there's value in the odds themselves, if not necessarily the fight. But if he comes in with a good game plan, if he kicks the fuck out of his leg or he, you know, he tries to like uh, wear out his base early and wear out his cardio, which we've seen is a real thing. Um, but that's in fourth and fifth rounds. I think Kevin Holland's probably still fine by the third um, in a situation like this. It's not a main event. I do think he's gotten better from fight to fight, Holland. I, you know, I'm not. He just he could, he could fuck your day up. I can't. I can't ever really bet on him. Um, I am a fan of of him personality wise, but uh, Ben, do you think if Kevin Holland loses this, is he done? I mean, he can't keep losing fights, right? I mean, no matter how exciting you are, you can't keep losing fights. Yeah, I, I think he's got some brownie points for taking that fight, that that uh, late notice fight against Jamea. Yeah. yeah. Thing. Oh my God! Fuck on national television. That's that's a hard one to live down. And but uh, I think coming out of retirement for that fight against Stephen Thompson was kind of like is hey here you go man let's let's put you in there against somebody who you can put on a show with and you got absolutely spanked. Um, so I think that's going to play into this a little bit because I think Colin has all the tools to win. Incredibly uh, long reach, um, very a powerful striker um, can can. Uh, can develop power from anywhere. Uh, but we've seen him off his back, uh, on his feet. Um, I think he, uh, uh, t- to your point, I think he has on paper what it's going to take to win here. But I don't know if he thinks he has it anymore. Mm. Uh, I-, I think somebody who's looking for a way out, saying, oh, I'm retired, whatever, I'm not going to do this anymore, I'll never be a champion against somebody like Jameyev. Um, to, to his credit, that's correct. And sometimes you have to know when to hang him up. Um, but uh, I, I think I think that's something to watch out for. Does he think that he can perform? We haven't seen him perform well under the the in the big show, um, and uh, Ponzibio, however you say his last name, is uh, has been around for a while. Um, tough guy uh, is is a gamer, and uh, I, I think he has some tools to win here, just not enough to beat Holland on paper. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think Holland should be able to come in and win this fight. He should be able to. But like, what Holland's going to show up, you know? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I, I. It's another. It's another one. I'd be kind of reticent to to bet on anyone. But if I was betting on somebody, I'd probably bet on Kevin Holland's lack of self belief. Uh. And I've. It's. It's a big drop from the confidence we saw him have when he came into the promotion in the first place. You know, I think that he really did believe in himself at the start. He talked a lot of shit. It was cool. Um. But yeah, it's. I don't know. He seemed there's something behind the eyes now. Um, Raul Rosas Jr. versus uh, C-Rock Christian Rodriguez. Um, another heavy line disparity. I do think Raul Rosas Jr. is going to fuck this kid up, though. I uh, He's really good. He's really, really good. I know he's only 18. I know that there's like a lot of hype, which you ha- <clears throat> you have to try to look past. You have to um, when it comes to guys that young. But he's fought guys with grown man strength. Um, he hasn't lost a fight. He's extremely confident in himself. He's talented all over the 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 mat. Um, he's he's talented standing up. He's huge for bantamweight. He's enormous for one thirty five. I don't. He better if he's gonna win something at one thirty five. He better do it soon because he's not gonna be able to make one thirty five as easily when he's not eighteen. Right. That's just a fact. Um, but I think there's just a value in betting on him every time you see him fight. Especially, I mean, I think I think uh, Christian Rodriguez is not a tin can by any stretch. I think he's actually got a fair amount of hype behind him too. Um, and I think that he shouldn't. He he's eight and one. He shouldn't take a huge hit. Uh, he, I mean, he's he's beaten guys you've heard of. He beat Joshua Weems, um, and, and who is a, a fully fledged UFC fighter. He beat Junior Cortez in the series to get in, in the first place. Um, <clears throat> he's got a ton of composure. He's not. He doesn't get rattled easily. I I think he can make a fight out of this. But I oh man, that kid, uh, that kid Rosas is a, is a fucking. He's athletic. He's he's scary. He he really could dominate this division and probably featherweight too. Although I think there's a huge advantage to his size. You'll see uh, when they get in there. There's a huge advantage to the size he has at 135. So what do you think, Matt? Um, is the, there's no plus 200 value here for for C Rod? Is there or no? What? No, I don't think so. I think well, Ro- Rosas is a Dana darling. Like Dana White loves him. Um, he's not letting he's, him get. I was thinking that's not same. letting him not lose let him his get, first yeah. main card. You know, it's just not going to happen. Actually, I have just a little Nostradamus preview. What I think is going to happen here is Rosa's going to dominate C Rod, who is, I, I agree with you, he's a good fighter. And then I think he's going to take Yanez after Yanez folds font. And both these fighters on the same card, you're going to see them start to match up. Oh, that's super interesting. I, w- I want to get to that kind of quickly then because I really disagree with you about Rob. Oh, um, oh. But uh, cool. No, that's great. Um, I love that little uh, little little sauce on the on the on the action here. Um, ben, uh, I mean, you were a you were a 19 year old prospect. Uh, I, I remember very clearly everybody being shocked at how good you were for 19. Um, wh- what is it that uh, this kid, what are the pitfalls this Raul Rosas Jr. kid is going to have to try and avoid as he uh, makes his way up at, at already such a high level um, and fighting guys that are already so talented with with kind of this pressure on his back? He seems like he's able to handle it, but, you know, what happens when you wake up one day and your frontal cortex is developed and you go, holy shit, this is kind of intense. Yeah, I uh, so I think the same thing that is pushing Raul along and is also pr- the the probably his downfall. He, he's incredibly confident uh, for good reason. He's a very talented guy, great jujitsu, enormous for the weight class. Um, coming up still largely untested. Uh, I wouldn't say, and I would kind of say the same thing about his opponent here. Um, Rodriguez, they, they have very similar records. Um, I, I think this is a, a closer fight than, than you give it 
credit for because of the hype behind Rosas. But um, uh, I, I think I, I think Rosas is going to still pull this out. To your point, they they probably won't let him lose uh, on this first big one. Um, he's uh, he's got he's got uh, the, the household name power already um, because of all this promotion behind him. Um, and and uh, I, I I mean to to your point, I've been there before. I know what it feels like. You feel like you are untouchable. Um, you're, you're, you're killing everybody in the gym. Um, you're walking through your opponents, but there will come a time when you, for, when you get put in there against somebody who's just different. Um, I don't think that is Rodriguez. I, I think we should expect to see Rosas win here. Um, but that time is coming when we're going to see him tested. Um, and, uh, it, you know, th- think about Chimea versus Gilbert Burns. Um, you, you see them walk through people, but then you put him in there. What's he really made of? Uh, when it, when it gets tough, does he does he does he hide, or or, or is he gonna uh, fight through it and beat it? Um, so this is an exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, and I do think that it's a it's a we he he's done some things that we've give that have given everybody pause and said like okay you know maybe this guy is the real deal but I do think it's another test um, for both these guys and you know maybe if if Sirot does it even a little bit better than we think it's a very different um, kettle of fish. But apparently, there's some uh, there's some conflict here, Matt. Um, you, you you apparently think Rob Font is is just step overable. Um, you know, uh, I, I just have to say, I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge believer in MMA math, but can we just compare these guys' as fucking resumes? The guys that Rob Font has lost to are guys named fucking Jose Aldo. You know, like it, it, fucking this this other dude's coming off beating a guy named Tony Kelly, who I'd really never heard of. He beat Davy Grant, who I've heard of, and I know he sucks. Gustavo Lopez, he's fighting guys that I, if their ranking was actually published, because uh, they're not, um, but it would be like 135, like the, the 150th best bantamweight, and Rob Font is like the ninth or the seventh, I think. So this is a huge step up in competition for this guy. I'm surprised you're this confident that he's going to fold Rob Font when nobody fucking folds Rob Font. So what's the deal? So it's really simple. I was all on Rob Font all the way up until four o'clock today when I heard Israel Asanye waxing eloquent about Yanez during his press conference, how he was the most excited to watch him fight, how he says he's the future of the division. He's so gifted at striking and he's gifted on the ground, which nobody's gotten to see yet. And Asanye got me so excited that I'm betting every dollar I've ever seen on Yanez. Every <laughs> dollar I've ever seen. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe I don't know a ton about this guy or something, but that I, I just feel like he, I don't think he's proved it. I think tell me this, Dave, the dumb, the dumb gambler part of your brain hears that he's style benders favorite fighter. And you go, Ooh, hold on. Well, not really, because I may, I mean, maybe it depends on what we're going to talk about when we get to the style bender, um, uh, Alex Pereira main event, because I just don't love how is he's coming across about anything right now. (laughs) I think he's rushing a lot of his thoughts. I think he's like, Oh, fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck. I think he's doing a lot of that. Um, I probably fucking would be too. I think, uh, I think Rob fought, I mean, first of all, he's from Lemonster. So can we just give it like a little bit of a fucking hometown, uh, bias in that direction? Oh shit. He's from Massachusetts. He is going to lose, isn't he? He's going to lose. He is cooked. It's over. (laughs) Ben. Oh no. Do you like Rob fought? Okay. Okay. Hey, I'm, I'm going to take this time to, uh, to get into this a little bit. I like Rob Font a lot. He's a he's a talented guy from Massachusetts. Trains out of the infamous Sityatong gym in Boston. Who uh, my gym Y crew was a uh, 
uh, a pretty direct competitor of for a lot of years. And let me let me just take pause to say every fucking fight I had signed up against Sigatong, their fighters pulled out. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. I'm not defined. Uh, they uh, they they put together some 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 tough folks though that and uh, and have done so in the past. They did great work with Kenny Florian way back in the day. Um, that being said, uh, Yanez, I, I, is is the uh, people think he's going to win here, which I think is strange. To your point, Dave, uh, uh, Rob Font has fought some of the best in the world at this weight class, and uh, and he's tough as hell. They can't put him away. He he uh, he keeps coming. He's got great striking. Is that going to be enough? Is the is the veteran going to be able to beat up this kid who's coming up, be walking through everybody, doing so well? Um, I, I'm excited to see. I'm pulling for Rob Font, uh, but but to your point, he's from Massachusetts, and all of us from Massachusetts love to make it to the big show and then get our shit pushed in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I've been there. It happened to me. <laughs> Something in the water. <laughs> let, let me just say this. Let me just say this to that to that uh, fight gym. Uh, me and Ben probably showed up to five or six different warehouse basements with, you know, cardboard on the ground for him to fight and for nobody to show up to fight him. And it happened consistently. So um, I have beef. We all have beef. So so I think what you're thinking about right now, you, you guys were actually there. That's where the name Streak was born. Um, that was actually, uh, um, what, what was the name of that gym? Shit. It's, so, it's so funny, that gym, because they're starting to open it back up in Cambridge. And... Uh, I was walking past that for like two years, just watching the same guy sit on a medicine ball in there on concrete floors with no work being done. <laughs> well, Kin, Kin, Kin Moy fought out of that gym, and that was, and I was supposed to fight Kin Moy that day uh, when you guys came. You remember? And then uh, they didn't let it happen. That wasn't Sit Yo Tong. That being said, I had uh, a, a Thai boxing match up against one of their instructors at Sit Yo Tong, and he pulled out. Uh, then we set up a K1 match, um, which is just kickboxing, no elbows. Uh, he pulled out again. Um, and then uh, I had an, a two MMA fights set up. I can't remember what the kid's name was. Some white kid uh, hit and he bonked his head uh, the week of the fight. And they and they said they weren't going to fight. So that's a little fight history for you. I hope you heard it and you know where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember it. I remember it all very clearly. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted that smoke. I, uh, I, I, I guess I see what you guys are saying. It's difficult now for me to bet on Rob Font because of the Massachusetts section. <laughs> Every time I fucking ride with one of our boys, it doesn't go well, but we'll see. Um, Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal. I was starting to get influenced by the things that Jorge Masvidal was saying. I was starting to get influenced by how tight his cornrows looked. Uh, he looked, you know, he looks in shape. Um, he, he looks, he's, he's, his outfits are nice. He's saying some shit. You have to remember, you have to remember that Gilbert Burns is so much better at fighting than Jorge Masvidal. It's not even, it's going out of style. It's, it, it's not even close. And there's no fucking way Jorge Masvidal fucking beats Gilbert Burns, right? I'm not, come on. I started to be like, well, Maybe if there could be, but no, I'm not doing it. I'm not being a dumb, dumb dummy. I'm going to do something smart and I'm going to remember that Gilbert Burns is stop looking at me like that. No, don't fucking talk to me. No, 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 go ahead. But maybe, <laughs> but maybe listen, I was, I'm on with you. It's not even comparable. I think Gilbert Burns is one of the best fighters in the UFC right now. I thought he beat Shamayev. I, I just think the kid's unstoppable. I did, I did too. I did too. But I when thought, I heard I he won that fight, 
when I heard Jorge Masvidal call him a crotch sniffer, well, sir, you have my money. I think there's value in the, listen, we're, you're not going to put a ton, you're not going to put your life savings on Jorge Masvidal, right? But he's done crazy things. He's just, he did one know, crazy thing. He did one, one crazy, crazy thing. And it was crazy. It was he, crazy. People said that knocking out Darren Till was crazy, but then everybody pissed on that wall. So it turns out that wasn't doesn't that count. <laughs> I might throw a little fun money on Jorge here while I have Gilbert Burns like locked tight in a parlay just for fun. But man, I you know, as much as I, I know he's not a good fighter, we've watched him lose time and time again against top talent. I it just oh man, I love listening to him talk. It's his town. Do you? I do. I just can't help it. I can't help it. Ben, just, uh, Ben, Matt loves listening to Jorge uh, Masvidal talk. Do you think it was that very uh, uncomfortable and stiff video after Trump got indicted where he was like, the people want to hear what Jorge Masvidal has to say <laughs> about American politics. Let me get on the mic real quick. And they took a video of him being like, obviously, this is the radical leftist agenda coming for our president. It's like, bitch, I thought you were an immigrant. Who fucking side are you on? Anyway, whatever. It doesn't He's matter. He's a felon. He can't even vote. <laughs> That's right. Because he did, he, did, uh, he did attack Kobe Covington. Jesus, I, I don't even care about that beef at this point because they're both such just despicably awful people. Um, it's, it's a who do I hate more situation. He's been talking a ton of shit about like who gets the title shot. No way it's Kobe. Da, da, da. It's like, uh, seems like it's Kobe, buddy. It's, and I don't really think it should be you, to be totally honest no, with you. I don't think you no. You beat Gilbert Burns? We should give you a fucking title shot. But I don't think Dana White's worried about that happening. Um, ben, uh, known genius Jorge Masvidal. Giant brain Jorge Masvidal is fighting Gilbert Burns. Who you got? Oh, man. Uh, Jorge Masvidal is about to get run the fuck. <laughs> Jesus. He, uh, he is so, so to his credit, five, maybe seven years ago, I think this fight happened. I, I would, I would take pause. Um, that guy had some fantastic anti-wrestling to, to keep, uh, the fight where he wanted it and striking. That being said, uh, Gilbert Burns can fucking bang. Yeah, My yeah. God. He, that, yeah. that guy he's tough as fucking nails, dude. And, and he's not afraid. And not only is he not afraid to fucking bang with just about anybody, um, he is a world champion. And, the, and this is there, there is there are levels to jujitsu. This guy is a world champion uh, Brazilian jujitsu practitioner. You should see him rolling with uh, with Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg Cyborg kit came to uh, came to a school of mine that I, that I was training at back in Worcester. Um, man, the guy is enormous, huge, big, strong, fantastic. All he does is jujitsu. And watching uh, Burns and him roll, you're like, oh, damn, Burns is beating the shit out of this guy. And, the, and this is all he has. Gilbert Burns is a fucking gamer, man. Yeah. I would want to fight Gilbert Burns. You can't, you can't put that guy down. He keeps coming forward so strong. Awesome wrestling, awesome sprawls, put, take, takes you down. When he's on the ground, the guy can tie you up in knots. And when he's on the feet, he can beat the absolute hell out of you. Um, I think uh, I, I think this is uh, all she wrote for uh, Jorge Masvidal. And to be quite honest with you, I'm fine with that. I've, I've heard enough of uh, Jorge for, to last me for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I also think like, like you know, again, MMA math, there's it's, it's subject to asterisk. But if you just look at like a guy as athletic and good as Kevin Holland getting fucking worked by Hamzad Chemaev, and then to have Gilbert Burns go in there and kind of fuck him up, like kind of fuck him up for a few periods here and there. It's like, that's the level we're at. I don't see Jorge Masvidal doing shit, to be honest with you. Um, he got knocked out by Kamaru Usman. 
I know. You know, that's uh, that's like getting fucking beaten in poker by Tiger Woods. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's like it, it's <laughs> I don't you got knocked out by Kamaru Usman, man. He doesn't knock anybody out. He just fucking holds you against the fence all the time. It's crazy. It's bad. You're supposed to be like a striker. And that's what happened. Plus that chin. And then he was alluding a little bit now to like, oh, if I lose this, I probably have to be done. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you do. What are you going to do? You're never going to get fucking UFC gold if you lose this fight. If you do win, though, it's, it is such a crazy juxtaposition. He probably fights for the title if he beats Gilbert. He probably, I think you're right. And like Dana's probably like, fuck yeah. If he beats Gilbert, like the Leon uh, and him narrative is built in. The beef is. We all want that. That's great. We can put asses in seats with that. I I have no doubt in my mind that Dana White would be perfectly happy to set that up. But he loses the Gilbert. You can't. That's fucking crazy. So yeah. it's there's it's two extremes. Uh, I, that I'll end with the idea that yeah, fuck it. I mean, everyone's got a puncher's chance, and he's got a punch. Um, he, you know, he has fucking put guys on skates before, and at plus three twenty five, like if you're if you're up. If you're up by the time the co-main happens, you might want to throw a few bucks on. It could be fun. Um, Izzy is fighting Pereira. And again, it's a similar situation. Where do you go if you're Israel Adesanya and you lose this fight? Like he can he can kill any everybody else in the middleweight division. Middleweight division is not great right now, but he can literally fight anybody else in middleweight and beat the shit out of them. But if he can't get the strap back, what is what does he do? What's his identity? Um, first of all, my first question, Matt, would be, can he? And my second question would be, uh, is he gonna? Because they are kind of two different questions, right? Can he? I mean, absolutely, he could. Let's focus on the last fight. He uh, clearly won the first round. Uh, second round got a little bit closer, and then slowly his legs gave out. And by the time it came for Pereira to put him in a corner and just hit him, it was too late. First of all, I'm just going to say this. I don't think that was a great stoppage to that fight. Um, I think it's a fair stoppage, but I really don't think when you're talking about a belt, it was the best stoppage I've ever seen. I um, think that there, I think there's a point to be made that you could, he could have been murked. Like there was a punch coming in that really might have like done some damage to his longevity. And I think that like if you're the referee and you're standing there watching those punches come in, it's probably a lot fucking scarier than you know if we're watching it on TV at home. That being said, I do agree with you on a championship level. You got to let somebody go out in their shield, and I, I think he was remarkably alert after the 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 second after the right. stoppage. So I do agree with you on right. some level. Yeah. The the thing I'm a little concerned about is me and you have a different read on him. When I was watching him today, I kind of got more confident. He seems like he's in the zone right now. He's not, and you know, we're used to watching him goof around and talk about Yu Gi Oh or whatever the hell he's talking about all the time. But he seems so locked in because he knows if he loses this fight, he has to middle around this division until Pereira decides he's going up to 205. And that could or, be or until somebody with, um, or, or until somebody comes in and wrestle fucks him, which is very, very like on the cards, right? It's like probably gonna happen I, if I was Adesanya, time. I'd be working on my fucking takedowns, to be honest. Well, um, I think I think Adesanya is going to take him down quick. I really do. I, I don't think he's going to give us the fight that we want, which is that striking match again. I think Adesanya is What if he mauls lose. him, though, on the ground? Like, if he takes him down and fucking mauls him, you can very much be like, it's an MMA fight, guys. Like, right. right it's it's not kickboxing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I you, am, but that's, I, that's admitting that he was the better kickboxer, though, right? Like, you're just fully admitting that? I, I full, You have to fully admit it at this point. How could you yeah. not? Um, yeah. And, you know, I, you, in history, we've seen fighters have a kryptonite, have somebody that just matches up too, too perfectly against them, even if they are better than the field. And maybe that is just rare. Maybe he just hits too hard for Adesanya. Um, yeah. I am going to bet on Adesanya, even though I, I, I see this fight ending the same way it did before. 
Um, I'm just going to ride with it. And that kills me because, as the fans don't know this, uh, Dave's wife is a huge Adesanya fan, and I love torturing her about it. Could be, it could be a dark night in my house if he loses. Could be dark, but I'm, I'm riding with Adesanya. I love the Creed 2 narrative here. Give me Adesanya. The problem you have, though, is that he could be winning three, four rounds, and you <laughs> think you're riding pretty, and it, you know in the back of your head that it could his lights could get turned off at any time. Ben, if you're fighting a guy with with a with a such a dangerous left hand like that, I, I, one that you know is going to put your lights out, are you just spending the whole camp just being like, I just I? It's not so much prepare for the left hand; it's prepare to not be scared of the left hand because if if you're thinking about it the whole fucking time, you're not gonna you're not gonna fight the right fight, right? Or is it just it, do you have to be thinking about it? Do you have to be aware because it could put you out? Man, I, I I think you have you have to be thinking about this the entire time, and you have to have that right hand glued to your head. Yeah, um, you, you've got to be practicing holding the tennis ball up while you're using your lead hand, your your lead kick. Uh, I, I think. There, there's even some uh, there. He, he could switch stances and fight uh, southpaw here and, and try to negate that left hook. Um, but man, the, we said this last time. He has to be perfect the entire time. Yeah, and uh, that's, and, a, and that's I, a problem. And I think that's a tough task. Yeah. Um, I think the the smart move here is take him down. But can yeah. you take? Because Jesus, have you seen that guy? He's an Amazonian fucking warrior. Yeah, because Izzy's not a small guy, and he makes Izzy look small. Yeah, no, he he's enormous, and I I think this is this is probably one of those cases where we talked about it last time. Um, when someone has your number, they've got your number, and yeah. uh, are you are you able to come back and and beat that? I think Adesanya is the better fighter here, mm. um, but is he going to be able to uh, to avoid that? that left hook for five rounds for as long or for as long as he needs to, to be able to, uh, to win here. Um, I, I think that's a difficult task. I, I think, uh, Adesanya is also prone to getting inside his own head and getting beat. And I think he did that last time versus Pereira. And, uh, I think Pereira had came in, showed him that, uh, that he does have his number. You can't run away from it. And I think he's going to be afraid of that the entire time here. I, I'd love to see him switch stance and start to attack the body with that with a powerful left kick and, and negate the left hook with reaching out with his right hand the entire time. Um, that being said, he should only use that for a very very short amount of time, and he should get in, take him down, and beat him up on the ground where where he will have. I don't the think event. he's going to do that though. No, he's going to do that. I agree with you that it is the smart is the smart move, but I just don't know. I think I think you know. You have to have a certain level of pride, right? And a certain level of ego to get to this position. And I just think, like, hey, don't switch up the game plan now, you know? I, just just at least go out the way you came in. And I think that, like, to that point, if he comes in and he, he – because what he was saying essentially is, like, what if I butcher him? Like, what if I come in and I come in actually less scared of the fucking hand than I was last time and I fuck him up and I really – and I had a chance to put him away before and I didn't? What if I put him away this time? To be honest, because of – I think there's some people that would say like, oh, well, he lost these other three fights. But I think if you really look at the context, it means that if he does that, it means that he came in fearlessly. He came in completely fucking unafraid of what Pereira was going to do, and he he chopped him up. And I think that that will cement him maybe as the best middleweight we've ever seen, to be honest with you. I Like just on – because that's some Muhammad Ali shit, to be honest with you. Like to, to come in and be like – fuck it and just really put this dude away and say like whatever i'm just th i'm throwing you're throwing let's see if he does do that i don't i i think that he will be 
uh, a really great resident of Alistair Overeem's bar that he set up in the Shadow Realm um, because uh, that Pereira left hand is a fucking demon summoner. And I just would, I wouldn't take a fucking hit from that left hook for all the tea in China. There's a large group of heavyweights in, in the UFC that I would rather get hit by than, than Pereira's left hook. It is real, real scary. It's got the touch of death, and I, uh, I, I hope, I hope our boy doesn't get touched by it because it's a hell of a lot more interesting of a champion than Pereira. Um, you know, just personality wise. I know there's a language barrier, so you know, I'm not giving him that much shit, but he just is. <laughs> um, and I just think, I just think, I really just do hope he wins because, like I said, it could be a dark night if he wins. Pereira should get a rubber match, right? Because you can't be focusing on the on the kickboxing stuff. And even if you are, he still sort of deserves a rubber match. So if he wins, there should be a third, right? In yeah, theory. it's one one. All right. Well, that'll. I mean, that also makes for a more interesting thing. So all all real, you know, neutral um, observers of the sport should probably be cheering for Adesanya. Um, but I think we had a fun time talking about the card, and I'm going to have an even more fun time watching it. I can't wait for Saturday. I am absolutely over the moon that we uh, oh, we yeah. did this again because. Um, I think there's a lot of high level competition on the card and I'm sorry for your dismissive of the very early prelims. It's just, it's just hard. You know, when you have, when you, when you realize that you're about to get to a conversation about two of the best kickboxers who have ever lived are about to fight on Saturday again. So it's fucking awesome. Um, that being said, uh, I just want to say thanks to to Ben Huggy Bear. Uh, you've earned that name since you were the streak at the start, but you really brought it. So I'm going to give you a Huggy Bear for the end. Um, and uh, my good friend Matt Wilcox, I am DK Little Dave Clark. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check my oil. See you on Saturday. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast.